0: Hello. A whisper of snow has fallen on hard, stony ground. The distant tolling of bells offers precious comfort to the cloaked figure bearing towards you over the horizon. It opens its mouth to speak and says, My name is Jeremy Phillips, and you're listening to Cinema Limbo. Throw another log onto the fire and join me and my wintry pal Nick Drew as we come in from building a snowman to wrap ourselves in blankets, sip hot cocoa, and reminisce about 1985 festive favourite Santa Claus the Movie. Hello, Nick. Hello. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Santa Claus the Movie Mm -hmm. is a seasonal favourite of mine. It's one of the stack of Christmas films that I watch every year, usually when I'm wrapping presents. It's a nice festive backdrop. And um, I can't remember quite when I first saw it. I think it would have been during one of its TV broadcasts maybe it was shown on Christmas Eve in the afternoon one year but it's sort of wormed its way into my affections and um, I was surprised to find that it was both a critical and commercial failure when it was originally released.
1: Yes, I was actually wondering about that because I got the sense when I was younger that it must have been more ubiquitous or more popular than I had assumed because it um, I don't remember the first time I saw it, whether I was at home or whether I saw it at home I don't. I, I wouldn't have seen it in the cinema but I do have a, a memory of at some point in school being when it was it must have been around Christmas, surely they wouldn't do that to us otherwise <laughs> it may have been a rainy um, lunchtime or, or whatever or there must have been some kind of cancelled uh, lesson you know, the, the, I can see that happening at, around Christmas and uh, they would trundle in the TV into the assembly hall we're not on the wheels and they'd pop this on even though everyone had pretty much seen it and we were expected to be quiet and to, to watch the whole thing but I, I think for that if, if for nothing else that's where I recognise the, the film from it, it, it has a sort of tenuous link to an aspect of my childhood I suppose
0: Did you find that it uh, answered all the questions you had about the origins of Santa Claus?
1: I'm trying to... No, they they say that. I'm I'm trying to remember whether at the time I still had an active belief in Santa. I think I probably did. So it would have been around... So it would have been around uh, six or seven. So... And and because the film is surprisingly heavy on mythology, not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but it it has a... The the first quite over like more than 30 minutes or so is taken up with the origins of (laughs) Father Christmas.
0: Yeah, it's 40 minutes 40 of the minutes. movie
1: until we get to the present day. Yes.
0: It's the origins of Father Christmas, where... We've, it, I, I like the beginning where it appears to start with voiceover narration. Mm. And we find that it's actually a little old lady telling a story to some children about something almost entirely unrelated.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I, I think the strongest part of the movie... Watching you again recently, the strongest part of the movie is, is the first act, basically, where we... Yes, because I think that's where it gets closest to a kind of timelessness maybe or a kind of and also a kind of sincerity it, 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 where it's quite sincere about father christmas and that it, it's it's trying to be like his name is santa claus santa claus sorry keep, <laughs> yes they do specify that they, father, there is a
0: father christmas is his english cousin
1: yes there, there is a point where burgess meredith says from now on you will be known as santa claus mm. And, and there's no kind of extra, extra yeah. explanation of why that just fancy the name. That whole opening 30, 40 minutes goes a, a long way to securing the, any charm or um, goodwill goodwill that, yeah. that is in the film, is that the efforts that it goes to create a mythology for this and character. It,
0: and it plays it very, I was going to say it plays it straight, but it's mm. not dead straight. I mean, yes. Yeah. There is an element of humour to it. But it's about uh, a nice old man called Claus who yeah. works as a woodcutter.
1: Yeah. His wife is called Anne, and they live in a little village somewhere yeah. that's covered in snow. Very nonspecific. Very yeah. unspecific country, unspecific time. Unspecific accents. Yes. He's bringing all the. every Christmas, because mm-hmm. they have Christmas there. Yes. So it's AD. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> they, have the, yeah. they have the wheel. He brings toys for all the children in the village, but they get caught in a snowstorm. And It looks like they're going to die.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I, I have to say, it's um, very poor choice on the part of Claus to, to to go out into the snowstorm and, and in that weather, because he was warned earlier, before he set out. Yes, they said that snow's coming down pretty fast, Claus. You might want to just. Waited wait out a bit, and he's like, "Oh, the reindeer have been through worse. Come on, Blitzen!" And it seems that he's not a very good caretaker for those uh, <laughs> those reindeer. He, he, but never. Putting that aside, yes, they they get trapped in a snowstorm. It looks like it's it's curtains. The reindeer, especially, they're not having a, a good time.
0: And then the the little Vendercomb appear mm. that we heard about in the story at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, that, and said so they actually prefer to be called elves
1: Yes, that's interesting because is, is Vendicom an existing term? Um, I have never a heard of for... it I should have looked into it oh, um, no, they didn't, no, I didn't they, do that I, When I was doing a bit
0: of research on this I was looking at the Wikipedia page as mm. one does when one wasn't making that too much effort there wasn't a link for the word Vendicum. so mm. I assume that it's just something they've made up but it seems to be fairly pointless because you could just call them elves Yes because people, know what, yeah, el- people yeah. know what elves are, you think, well, yeah, people could tell stories about that. Well, yeah, it's an, it's
1: that a, it's an interesting. Because other than that, there isn't a, a sort of attempt to tie it in with existing, um like Eastern European folklore or anything like that. No. But, but, the, 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 in fact, that's I think partly what contributes to the, the sense of timelessness is that it, it, it's not a it's, like recogn- a, it's not a recognisable. Um, Mythology, or it's—it's it's not something. It's something that takes disparate aspects of things that we associate with uh, uh, Santa Claus that have developed over different time periods, and then tries to marry them all together in a kind of coherent <laughs> origin uh, story.
0: Mm. There, there is some of the dialogue where the elves are first introducing themselves that does sound vaguely sinister. Mm. Says, oh, Angus says, "Oh, we have to have to go home," and Dooley the lead elves yeah. says, new. No this is your home now. Yes. Oh, yeah, They're a bit
1: too magnanimous. There's it's, a sort it's, that's of... Just, well, a, what it's what the kidnapper says. It's always like, well, you've always been here. <laughs> uh, it's, it's not far away from and, that.
0: And the, the, the whole house building, mm. it does look exactly like the Overlook Hotel.
1: <laughs> does this, yeah, I, I have it? have does time compared exactly and contrasted. Like which
0: is, of course, Snowbound.
1: Yes. Later on. <laughs> Perhaps there's a fan theory out there that's, that's, this is, that they, maybe they actually died in the blizzard and this is his last fleeting memories it's the subsequent oh, 2,000 yeah. years of giving presents to children know,
0: and then the building became the Overlook Hotel
1: yeah, eventually, oh, that's, it's all cyclical I'm not
0: going to have to watch The Shining mm. that's ruined
1: it where was that in room 237, the, the, the Santa Claus uh, oh, hypothesis
0: that was, um, that was the room where um, don't edit this out I'm trying to think of something funny <laughs> um, that was the room where they kept the uh, creepy old lady to... yes well that was
1: yeah that was a yes. isn't it? yeah,
0: yeah you put the creepy old lady in a sack yeah and give her to the creepy old man for Christmas <laughs> yeah it's just what he
1: always wanted yeah
0: a weird diseased monster mm. elf puns
1: Oh yes! What, how did now, you this, how, that, how,
0: did you enjoy all the
1: elf? I tours? did enjoy the elf. I, have to say, I, I I know I'm probably not supposed to. <laughs> There's every reason in the world to not be charmed by <laughs> every time <laughs> Dudley Moore said, "I'm elf trained" or something. I, like that. I'm
0: entirely elf taught.
1: Yes, that's that's lovely. Like I, I, I'm totally on board with that kind of elf humor.
0: <laughs> I don't, I don't mind that. But yeah, the fact that they kept doing it, and also and, yeah. the way that they would say like pairs of adjectives and the first like, oh you'll help me be uh, nice and cozy cozy and nice mm. so stop doing
1: it yeah I, i'm i'm surprised it didn't get as winsome as i thought that it would i was pretty on board with the elf I was, culture i was and I the, expecting um, you to help all that
0: i really was no
1: I, I found that quite charming
0: the legend that shown around the uh, their, their new home mm. their new forced home and we see the workshop, Santa's yes. workshop set, which is spectacular.
1: It's very good. Yeah, I didn't didn't see a Blu-ray cut. of it. The
0: Blu-ray is not a fantastic transfer. Ah, it's um, fine. Yeah, but it's not really much of an advance over the DVD.
1: Right, fair enough. It, it's a, the, I think the DVD cut, it, you didn't get a huge. You can tell that a lot of effort went into the, yeah. the production, and then there's a lot of attention to detail in their the costumes and their. Uh, the, the, the sets especially and there, there's a sort of consistency in the um, <laughs> in the surroundings
0: yes everything's sort of everything's primary colours everything's yes. home everything
1: looks like it was designed by a child yes yeah,
0: and it, everything's made of wood yes which I loved and it's a, very, it's a very sort of northern European feel to it yeah and they're shown to the infinite hall of toys uh, <laughs> so who what, what are all these toys for ah oh, they're for all the children of the world
1: so they um I'm just speculating so they, they, they've been there for quite a while we, we know that they're sort of timeless the elves the, the elves have yeah. yes and so during this time they've just been building all these toys and they've been sitting on them uh, because they haven't none of them are qualified to ride a sleigh oh, there
0: is there is a prophecy As yes there, there is a prophecy to, there always has to be with a sort of thing there is a prophecy of a chosen one
1: yeah um,
0: it's Keanu Reeves <laughs> we'll get to that in a moment but we we see them preparing for Christmas Claus and Anna are told that as they have no children themselves Mm. they will have all the children of the world Yes, and that they will be
1: able to take these presents to them on one night every year Mm. and I think it's it's worth at this point pointing out this was a Salkheim production (laughs) Yes.
0: <laughs> As we talk about kindness and generosity, yes. it makes you think of Elliot yes. Alexander
1: uh, uh, Salka. Uh, yes, to explain the uh, Alexander and Elliot of a father and son production team, who are probably most famous for the Superman series. Yeah, and films. We, um, yeah, we talked before about Superman well, before, a while ago and, and
0: um, a couple of months ago. Yeah, yeah, they had a reputation for being very business-like.
1: Yes. Very uh, money focused, and 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 I think they had a habit. I'm, sure, I'm not sure of other things have, of what other properties they uh, acquired. Well,
0: um, they, they, they famously, the Three Musketeers and the Four Musketeers. Oh yes, yeah. In the mid '70s, and based on that, they were able to get hold of the rights for Superman, mm. and then did um, Superman, Superman Two, II, Superman Three, and Supergirl. Yes. Following that, with Superman Three starting to pale, Supergirl in particular. Mm. Had apparently been pegged as going to be a major hit. It's going to be a big smash hit. Mm. The director, uh, I'd like you to have a go at pronouncing
1: the director's name. Oh, do you have it in front of you? I have me? it
0: here, it's on the front of the Blu ray. Oh, which
1: okay. I'll show it to Nick. Oh, there's um, a lot of concepts. I guess, there. yes, I guess. Um, Jeannot Schwach. That's very close. Mm.
0: It's. Uh, Schrock. Schwark. Schwark. Apparently he's French, although that is the least French last name that I've seen. seen. <laughs> he directed Supergirl. Yes. And um, that basically led to him being offered the directing job on Santa Claus the
1: movie. Mm. The reason in, in bringing up the, the, the soul kinds is that there is a, um, structurally as as well, there there is a sort of similarity to their... Into their approach to introduce to the Superman story, it's very
0: much a kind of superhero story. Yes, the origin and then the adventure.
1: Yes, and even structurally, it's quite similar. There's a sort of long um, introduction sequence where we see his origins, and uh, we see the uh, maybe getting ahead of ourselves slightly, but we see actually the the Santa Claus costume being designed. Yes, which um, I I appreciate that.
0: Uh, And um, red really is his color.
1: Yes, and this sort of brings me to another interesting point, an interesting aspect to Santa Claus the movie. Even though it's taking this um, kind of methodical approach to setting up, establishing the character, subsequent um, movies about Santa Claus have been more deconstructionist and they've been more about, I don't know if you take like the Santa Claus with, with Tim Allen, it's about an ordinary person who has to be Santa Claus and there's elements of sort of of w- kind of boiling it down and sort of ripping it apart a bit and making it sort of subverting it slightly mm-hmm. and I'm trying to think of other things or so even um, what was that Arden one called um, After Christmas. Christmas which I've heard positive-ish things about yes, but it, again it's, it's something that is Trying to sort of expand the mythology and say, though actually, it's not like this. It's like this, and it's a it's a family of Christmas people, and it's a it's a thing that is passed down. It's not it's not magic in that way. It's a different kind. Of, you know, there's elements to spin the yes. the central, Whereas this is very meta. and this is very um, trying to be like the." point of origin of, yes, uh, it's, the, of it's the
0: original it's like the Jesus of Nazareth of Christmas <laughs> yeah. yes so this is this um, is how it really happened yes and in fact in some of the publicity they yes. try, try to imply that yes. in
1: fact Santa Claus was playing himself yes I saw, the, I saw the making of a documentary about it which is is an entertainingly dry Account of the, <laughs> the yeah, it's, process. It's
0: so it's so odd. I mean, having yeah. watched it myself, because it's, it's it's introduced by David Huddleston. Oh, right. Santa Claus himself is very busy making yes. toys at Christmas. Yeah. So he had someone play him. He introduces it as Santa Claus. Yes. And then we have the making of the movie, and it's quite boring. <laughs> yes, it's very dry. <laughs> I mean, it? it's it's a making of documentary, yes. and so you shouldn't expect it to be that. Yeah, but it, it, it's weird it's that it it's, really it, it starts off as though <laughs> it
1: starts off as a sort of appeal to the, the younger viewer by the conceit that it's that Santa Claus is real and that mm. he's inter, and he introduces a thing, but then it's, <laughs> it's it's whole approach is a very methodical... And now we're going and, that, and now for yeah. the grown ups, yes, and uh, that was quite amusing. But the, that reminded of the sequence where it, the, the the one sort of slightly deconstructionist moment in the film, uh, well, to begin with is the where they're making his suit and it's initially green and she and then Santa Claus's Mrs Claus says oh no that wouldn't work how about red yes that's much better it's almost like they're focus grouping Santa Claus and that's like later on when we get to present day there are more kind of aspects of trying to break it down and address the reality of this process because i think that's a that's a hurdle that every Santa Claus movie has to yeah. to leap is how does this make sense? Uh, because this is... The, the, one, the one that gets me is when parents are sceptical that Santa Claus exists, When they're like, don't be silly, there's no such thing as Santa Claus. But if there was a Santa Claus, then they, why did they think that there wasn't? Who was buying the presents? Yeah, where, and were, coming, the presents coming yeah, where from? were the presents coming from? So, anyway, that's <laughs> the beginning well, of it. Well, uh, I, I, I did like that there was originally His
0: Suit is Green, because yeah. that does tie in with... It's a historical fact that. Oh really? Well, yes. um, I believe I haven't. Should probably have researched this. That um, historical depictions of Santa Claus and Saint Nicholas and the other various imposters um, would wear green clothes because it was symbolic of the forest and nature, Mm. and the red, of course,
1: comes from. Coca-Cola. cola My understanding of that is slightly... Because every time I hear that Coca-Cola aren't really responsible for that look, it's just that they helped popularise it. So I think that was already... And I don't know if that extends to the colour scheme, but I think it may do... That may be a... I, I, I don't think they coined the, the red and white colour scheme. I think that already existed. I'm not 100% certain. That. But even so, that connection
0: does... Make it ironic that there is so much obvious
1: product Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola product yes. placement, and there's there's a lot of product placement, especially when we get into uh, yeah, you know.
0: it's both well, present the present day stuff, not so much in the medieval. Yes, <laughs> um, which is again, it's it's really, again, it's jumping about a bit, but the film is so explicitly not anti-commercial, mm. but very sceptical of mm. the relationship between Christmas and money.
1: Yeah, it's it's almost like a sort of strange anti-capitalist allegory, and yeah. maybe from the fact that a lot of the production are kind of European, and uh, that, that there was a yeah. more of a great because, it, and you don't want to be too silly in in, in talking about this, but we initially we, we established this like the the elf culture is very. Um, communitarian yes, socialist sort of very egalitarian they very, all yeah. work together because they all yes. love what they do. So it's almost sort of a, a pastiche of idealistic sort of utopian eastern european communist <laughs> <laughs> uh, sex or something like yeah. that, right? And and then so the the film is about that kind of uh, idealism and uh, naivety facing up against the Arch, um, arch capitalist. The arch capitalist who is only uh, and that they them being in conflict, but uh, and and also it's in, it's interesting to that their representation of what Santa's toys are. They are it's uniformly extremely traditionally. They're all uh, like um, rocking sea, horses, rocking horses, rods, traditional yeah, wooden toys. trains, and it's it's all just wooden and. Practical and there's no sort of soft. Well, to
0: what they do. Well, I say practical. There's dolls and things. Yes, so yeah. It's a traditional. Yeah. Toys for children. Yeah. I mean, it's going to another Christmas movie that's on my list that I watch every year is Elf, mm. where they've. The, and I, I like the idea that Santa's Workshop has kept pace for the times. Yeah. So now in the present day, they're making actual sketches. Yes, <laughs> and, they're, and they're having seminars about um, electronic. Yeah. manufacture yeah, because they're going to you know, start making computer games and things like that. Before. Yeah, yeah, because you know they're trying to keep with the market. Yeah, they <laughs> shouldn't do because
1: he <laughs> doesn't need to. He's magic. But, and, and, and this is something that comes up. This is a sort of important plot point is, is a, of um, Dudley Moore's character Patch mm. being a kind of aspiring industrialist. It, it, yeah, he, he's a sort of um, he's an aspirational elf in that he he he's especially from the beginning he manages to. Pre-sage uh, central heating for the <laughs> yeah, and, and so he's someone that is thinking ahead, trying to find ways of improving it, improving their system. So he sort of creates this makeshift uh, industrial machi- mechanism mm. that can make toys at a faster pace. And uh, we're getting ahead of ourselves a bit. We are, actually, we are you know. jumping a little forward. Yeah,
0: and there is the, the next the next bit before he goes off on his first Christmas round. Mm we have the ancient elf.
1: Oh, yes. Now, I did like played this. Played by Douglas Meredith. Yeah. And
0: it's, the, it's so reverential. Mm. And the music becomes very reverential. Yeah. He walks in. His beard is so long that he it's has beard, people yes. carrying yeah. it for him. And he tells him about the chosen prophecy and that time will travel with you. Yes. So that he can do everything in one
1: night. And I, I like that they explain the, the, the magical elements of it in a, in a kind of gentle way mm. in that it's not it's it's not sort of this pragmatic. Oh no, time freezes because we there is an archaic, archaic. the yeah. most that it has in the way of um sort of tangible mechanisms is the fact that the the reindeer fly as a result of some kind of magic oats. Magic muesli. Magic muesli, which ends up being that, a, it comes, it comes and a major plot yeah. point. Yes.
0: It's a surprisingly well-formulated script, I think. Yes.
1: Uh, especially for the first part, I, I think it's pretty reasonable and um, affecting yeah. more, more so than it it, it, it and, probably and has it, a right to be
0: and it has as, as you said before, it has that sincerity yeah yeah and that the whole because Burgess Meredith is so terrific I actually got yeah. tears in my eyes yeah, yeah it's, it's goosebumpy so, yeah, so, yeah he's this and they, ancient magical yeah. kindly figure and they don't
1: explain his role in the like they don't there isn't a lot of build up to him appearing they they just sort of announced they, they, and they might call him did you call him like the ancient one or something yeah yeah and that's all we get so we but we can ensure it that he's like a very important figure in this mm. culture and, and he's treated very
0: important and yeah. the film and of course yeah. the, 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 the lighting gets a bit, yeah. bit dimmer and the music becomes very yeah da, da, da. Um, music by Henry Mancini oh, oh
1: yes he was in the yeah he was in the making of
0: it's something that I found was very interesting was looking at Alternative people who were looked at to be an elf. So we got to the ancient yeah. elf, the original choice for that character was James Cagney. James
1: Cagney, yeah. I, I who was too I think old. He was too old. Yeah.
0: So yeah, I should say specifically. Yeah, he wasn't
1: too old to play a two thousand year old elf. No, <laughs> <So> he was <laughs> too old too, to remember too his lines. Frail. Too frail. Yes, yeah, sorry. Um, another kind of cast. It is not really a, a choice of director. You're probably going to get onto this, but um, I was just about. Just actually, about the about. other
0: another actor considered for the ancient
1: elf was Fred Astaire oh yes yes I remember hearing that which I think well, that, how old would you have been at the time sort of um, I don't know when well, he died well he'd
0: done The Towering Inferno about ten years earlier so I think he was mm. don't think he was working anymore mm. but I mean it's I mean Burgess Meredith was quite old but he was still working yes but it's not really it's not really
1: it's like one day on the set and, yeah yeah it's a small so, and he got fourth billing apparently Burgess Meredith yeah
0: mm. uh, I think depending on which part of the film you're watching yeah. Dudley Moore gets billed out of the first seventh, yeah,
1: the on the 1st or 7th. Yeah, depending on which uh, country I suppose. Yes, uh, off, yeah. in the US particularly, Yeah. Uh, Dudley Moore is billed lower down. Oh, really? I just thought he'd be a bit of a big star at that point, wouldn't he? After well, he gets, and... he gets the end. Oh, right. That's fair. That's a fair compromise. You were going to
0: say about um, directors? Choice
1: of directors? Uh, um, no doubt there's been pl- there were plenty of directorial choices, but the one that stood out were, that they approached was John Carpenter who was first choice. First choice. And the reason he didn't do it was that he, he wanted Final Cut and to do the score. He also wanted to put on the script. Oh, right. Which I don't think is unreasonable. But how about him doing the score to Santa Claus? I mean, that, that's the thing that gave you... Oh, if, if only... But, but it would have been... I, because I think, I, as a director who had, was best known for
0: science fiction and horror, yeah. he'd just done, or I think it was... Just finishing up Starman, yeah, oh, right. which is for, the, for him was a huge change of pace yeah. because it's a it's not still a science fiction movie, but it's a very gentle
1: yeah. love story,
0: and it's a, again, it's a very sincere, yeah, it, it's, heartfelt
1: romance. It's an unsettling oh. film, I I haven't seen it in a while, but I think I've the last it.
0: the last time I saw it, I almost wept all oh, really
1: water out of my
0: body. Oh, really? yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the ending of the film yeah. is. Just unbearably sad. Oh, it's blowing the ending again. But it's mm. it's a really beautiful film. I'd like to. Is there a Blu-ray of that? Uh, I don't know. I would recommend getting the British DVD though, because it has an exclusive commentary with Jeff Bridges. With oh. John and John Carpenter's commentaries are always great. Mm. But he's joined by Jeff Bridges, who is mm. always very entertaining. After finding out, that's, yeah. a, that's a really terrific movie. Um, but yeah, Carpenter. Yeah. Mm. Uh, it just but, seemed, yeah, it seems like not just like the same way that David Cronenberg was first choice to direct Beverly Hills Cop.
1: Yes, or that um, oh, uh, David Lynch was approached to do Return of the Jedi.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. There's a, a spoof trailer. Oh yes, for that, which I think, yeah, it would have looked exactly like this. <laughs> Probably be close to that sort of thing. Three other directors were approached: mm. Lewis Gilbert, who had directed It was a James Bond. James veteran, Bond, yeah, I was thinking. And Robert Wise. Mm. The multi Oscar-winning director of West Side Story, The Sound mm. of Music, and Star Trek the Motion Picture, both of them wanted script input. Mm. Guy Hamilton, another Bond veteran, yeah. was very keen to do it, but
1: unfortunately, he was a tax exile. Yeah, he was first choice for Superman, I think. Yeah, it? yeah, and he did the same for reason. the same reason.
0: Yeah. He wanted them to shoot it in Rome. Yes, when the production was based in the UK at mm. the Pinewood Studios. So he priced himself out of it effectively. So they ended up going with Juno Shwag, who mm. the studio was convinced were going to be the next big thing. Did, did, was it him who did uh, Jaws Two? Yes. Yeah. It's Jaws Jaws Two and Supergirl are his two big yeah credits aside from this. He's a perfectly capable director. Yes, it's just I think yeah. he, he just had bad luck in.
1: Was it a, a, a flop, or was it just it didn't? It was, it was, it was much, modest. Was it a modest sort of? It was a pretty much a flop. It didn't make its money back in the mm-hmm. US. But I think it had a sort of unreasonably large budget. It, it gets, it a, I got the sense of it that I think it, was it was quite about a, thirty-five million. Extra. Is that a lot for that time? Um,
0: I'd say it probably was um, because I remember when we spoke before about Superman four, That was on yeah. seventeen million.
1: Yes, but what, but that was considered that quite for, low.
0: Yes, but. The, imagine twice that amount of money, mm. and Superman 4 for all its failings, it never looks like the set's going to collapse. No. So having twice the amount of money yeah. being spent on an original property—well, it's an original property.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah, I forgot, I forgot <laughs> what my point was. That it was, that it, was, that it, was a, that it was a lot of money, and mm. yeah, it made something like twenty-three million in the US. Oh, so, mm. so so
1: we, yeah, quite didn't recoup, poor, uh, yeah. It's surprising no big- really um, It still seems a bit surprising That that wouldn't be a bit more successful
0: I imagine it could have been Because it was being crowded out of the market I should have mm-hmm. looked and said The, yeah. the, the lack of research <laughs> is yeah. disgraceful But um, I can imagine that there would have been Other films and cinemas In Christmas 1985
1: yeah. That was just squeezing it out Possibly, yeah uh, um, Was it 1985, sorry? Eighty five, yeah Yeah, that was sort of a busy year, wasn't it, for, for the box office Perhaps I'm trying to think of other 85 films
0: well I remember Back, well, back to the Future was the beginning yeah. of the summer um, uh, but I doubt that would still be in th- theatres at Christmas mm. in terms of acting choices John Carpenter had one specific name he wanted f- to play Santa Claus Kurt Russell <laughs> <laughs> actually Kurt Russell might have, been, oh, he might have been too young to play BZ the, uh, the evil industrialist mm. but uh, he wanted Brian Dennehy Santa
1: Claus. oh yeah that, that's, that would suit a, a John Carpenter in Santa yeah, Claus movie yeah because he's
0: sort of a, a movie beam, a beam tough guy yeah. but he's also the right size of with a heart of gold I don't think I've ever seen I have never seen Brian Downey play someone nice he was in Cocoon the previous year oh was well, he he's cast wildly against type mm-hmm. as the, the leader of the visiting aliens who is actually a very kind gentle yeah. person yeah and in all the, his other movies he's beating people up Yes, I,
1: he's quite gruff. That's what yes. saying, yeah. I, I think I think that would have worked. Mm. I think it would have been interesting. But what? what I, I, some, what's his name? Bill Donaldson, is it? he plays um, Luke Santa Claus in, in there? David Huddleston David Huddleston Oh, what, what did I say? Bill Donaldson. Who's Bill Donaldson? <laughs> oh, he looks like still. Oh, oh, that's that'd probably be it. Yeah, you think. saw him on the way in yes D- he was, he was David right. Huddleston did you say yes he's very good at it. I think he, t- he really inhabits the character makes it believable yeah. like he, it didn't even occur to me that's like his hair and beard aren't normally like that, that, that that's, that's makeup or yeah I, I mean they look they... it just it seems very organic that, that he's and, and it is part of one of the problems of the film is I think there's not enough Santa Claus in the film <laughs> it, is that I was, I was just thinking it, it's a little bit risky to base such a large production a large sort of motion picture on uh, a kind of genial chubby guy in sure. his 60s yeah. <laughs> you know well,
0: he do not like people pointing out his weight as we find out oh yes <laughs> um, the other actors considered to play Santa were David White hmm. who's uh, not a name that springs to mind but you may remember him from the original TV show Bewitched oh Bewitched
1: I didn't watch I've James watched it Bob. he yes.
0: was ruled out because he was considered too old hmm. again he was, uh, he was in his late 70s Barney Martin who was oh from uh, you know, Seinfeld well, uh, from the notes that I saw, he was um, Dudley Moore's co-star in Arthur. Oh, no. And also Carol O'Connor, mm. who was uh, the star of All of the Family, the American version, Took at its part mm. So he was the American elf guard. Mm. Among the elves, Dooley, the lead
1: elf, was, would have been Patrick Troutman. Patrick Troutman? Oh, he had been a bit old by then.
0: He was um, about 65. Mm. So, well, given that mm. du- Dooley the, ma- the... Not Patch. Mm. Oh, not Patch. No, not Patch. Uh, Patch was always going to be Dudley Moore. Oh, right, okay. Uh, but Dooley is the sort of the,
1: is the, the, the... The lead to com- the lead with the, yeah. the long, big moustache. Yeah.
0: So he's supposed to be quite mm. old anyway. And, yes, Huffy, the, the other competing elf, yeah. would have been David Jason.
1: Ah. Yeah. Which I can imagine, because he sort of looks like a little elf. Yeah, that would have been nice, wouldn't it, to see David Jason, I suppose but I, I like that most of the elves aren't really recognisable it's sort of my Mel- ver- ver- you've
0: got Melvin Hayes in there oh right and um, Christopher Ryan from The Young Ones and Donna Spell from the a Potman, both mm. in non-speaking roles
1: oh I didn't that passed me by well they're, yeah, they're
0: barely noticeable and also they're all wearing fake beards oh well, there you go there were four other choices to play Beesy, but I'll get up to them and get <laughs> up to the character because yeah. they, they made the right choice with Beezy I, I, I think there's one other choice the f- their first choice for BZ, mm. I think would have been very entertaining But we'll get into okay that. yeah so Santa is setting off on his very first Christmas mm. with the magic sparkles that the elves are fed in the tainted food Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Here, eat yeah. this it's mm. fine and then we have the long montage
1: of it's so a slightly awkward montage of yeah. children playing. The, the,
0: well. the, the second very long montage yeah. there because was another one of them getting everything ready for Christmas yeah throwing one thing I liked was them throwing magic sparkles onto a big sheet of paper and it just becomes turns into stars yeah. Yeah. which I thought was lovely Yes, we see Santa through the ages yeah. the, and the music keeping track as well because mm. it's sort of a medley of Christmas songs but they, mm. they change just with the changing years and they become more modern
1: Oh really? I didn't so that. That's a nice detail. More I like the introduction of the, the naughty list. <laughs> this oh, is yeah. a sort of po- a, a, a specific point that doesn't really factor into the rest of the film. It? it does once. Does it? Yes. Ah, uh, we will oh, we'll get, will we'll get, to, that we'll get to that. Then. Um, but we see the origin of the naughty list because it's a, it's a boy um, being like,
0: be, be basically uh, being not just being cruel, but actually beating up his sister's cat. Yeah. Which is really—I mean, it's, yeah. they kind of—they sort of edit around it.
1: Yeah.
0: And it, 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 some, there's someone off-screen going "Yow! Yow!" Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the little girl writes to Santa Claus and says, "Oh, my brother's beating up our cat, and he's really awful." And it's, 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 "I don't think you should get a toy." Actually, no. His wife, Anna, mm. says, "Maybe, maybe we should change the
1: rules then." Yeah.
0: And so. um Santa Claus says you know, make a list of all yeah. them. So he caves is in naughty. quite
1: quick yeah. at first he's like no and he's very magnanimous no everybody every child should get a toy even if they're good or bad and then she says well not if they're naughty and, and then he's like oh well maybe we should do a list then how would they even know not to kind of how, oh magic yeah how would they even know which because he only finds out that this and this is the first time this has come up in, in generations that there's been a naughty Child, yeah. Um, so it's only up till we get to like the Industrial Revolution that like, everything kind of, thing. which kind of feeds into my theory that it is, is like an anti-capitalist allegory. Yeah. Yes, uh, <laughs> but they only know that he's um, naughty because his sister dobbed him in to Santa Claus <laughs> for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. So is that how he knows that children are naughty? That he's sort of asking the children, he gets the children to write. After that, he sets up a very wide-ranging
0: surveillance program. Mm. Hmm. Um, he's getting with the time one, which one of the little elves called yeah. Snowden blew the whistle on yeah. <laughs> he doesn't do it anymore. but um, I, I love the gag there so yes mm. who's naughty and who's nice oh and Dooley I'll be checking <laughs> it twice yes so I thought <laughs> and next we see that um, the poem The Nightmare The Nightmare Before Christmas <laughs> The Night Before Christmas has been yeah. written and Dooley's reading it and everyone says oh someone's written a poem about you yeah and they get to the line where oh, he shook his glass like with it like a bowl full of
1: jelly. Yeah.
0: And the look on yeah, there's a <laughs> <on his> face.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's very it's a very serious moment. Like, yeah. He realizes yeah. that he actually has a weight problem. Yeah.
0: And then we see him eating the world's most <laughs> pathetic salad. Yeah. Which is I think, like
1: a stalk of celery and one grape. Even though he's immortal, like he he's he still he have to still gets. worry about cholesterol or anything. It can yeah. still get fat though. Oh yeah, and he's... he's, he's, he's exactly. suffering from
0: vanity. He might get stuck in the chimney. Yes. So we're reaching the present day because Santa is now getting starting to get tired despite mm. having not aged in the intervening 700 yeah. years. He's going to take on an assistant. Yeah. And two of the elves compete. Patch wins by building a machine. Mm. A, a kind of all, an automated toy builder. Yeah, which almost immediately goes wrong and starts turning. Even though nobody
1: knows Like Santa is, is really the one to blame here in this. Like the, the whole the whole idea in this sequence is he's for a start he's putting them against he's pitting them against each other to see which is the most efficient. It's
0: the apprentice, which is yeah. That,
1: <laughs> that is that is not the spirit of Christmas, and <laughs> it's not not what should be happening. But nevertheless, and um, Patch wins just by having a larger volume of. Uh, of toys, uh, but, but that's, well that 's why he wins, because he made more toys than the sand yeah, but time. Th- th- no effort is made to scrutinize the quality of the toys at all. they just take it on no, that 's true uh, take, take it on goodwill, which they right. as want to do, being elves and being good natured people yeah. they just assume that they are, are, are a properly functioning toy, even though the, the degree to which the toys are not being <laughs> manufactured is incredibly alive. Yeah. They, they should not even hold together there 's no screws being put into those. Uh, tricycles, or they, they, they should just collapse immediately as as they leave. But yeah, um, yeah. Well, there, there you go. So we we jump to the present day,
0: present day New York, and as is appropriate, I think, with New York before Rudy Giuliani came to power, <laughs> it's basically a scene out of a Dickens novel.
1: Uh, oh, isn't it? oh well, the first shot we see is of the snow glo- that that um, patches created yes. the snow globe, and we zoom into the snow globe, and it's the and it transitions to the yeah. the, the, the the big mansion
0: with a little Dickensian.
1: Yes. Young girl
0: inside doing her ancient Greek homework. Oh yeah,
1: and the Dickensian orphan, even more Dickensian. Yeah, orphan. <laughs> outside. Yeah, he's a, the, he's a wise the... guy. He's, a, he's yeah. I have to say, um, he's a real smart. Yes, yeah, the, the the child actors in this film, bless them, but uh, <laughs> they, they they did they did what they could. But I, I think that the film kind of suffers from not having a strong. um Strong, uh, st- strong performances from, from the children, or not character-wise. I don't think the two child characters are particularly uh, appealing. I, I don't think they. Uh, I like the, I like the relationship between them that develops. Yes, yeah, and, that's, and that's a bit unusual for, a, for for the two child characters to have that kind of platonic, uh, uh, cross cross, uh, cross class barriers. Yeah. and again, it's <laughs> again it's
0: because they're they're friends, even though she's from privilege, mm. and there's never any kind of concession. May yeah. say, so, "Oh, but oh, I wish I was normal." No, she yeah. likes She likes having money. Yeah, <laughs> um, and it's kind of, and he doesn't have, He doesn't bear a grudge against her just because she's yeah. doing well. It's because she's a good person. She's willing it, to share. It, it's not a dread. It,
1: it's sort of uh, they're treated as equally. They treat themselves equally to each, yeah. each other. There's not a, a power struggle it's there. The content of their character. Yes, but I did, I did look into them a bit. The young actor.
0: Christopher Kirkpatrick appears to have dropped off the radar a bit they both did really but the actress yes oh she um, did she did uh, a couple of other Mm. acting gigs she is now a lawyer and an author in her spare time oh really she has a blog oh which I looked up I didn't know and yeah you can look at it at heimbenisfiction.blogspot.com H E I M B I N A S Um, and it's actually quite an entertaining blog
1: Oh, excellent. <laughs> I'm, I'm really happy about that. When, when you look at them, IMDb's and then it, it sort of drops off the face and you feel bad for them, but you, know, yeah, you never know. Yeah, actually, you know. Uh, actually, what I
0: liked is that she should post various things about her writing, and the last yeah. post she did was about how great it was that gay marriage is now legal across America, mm. but she also put up a YouTube clip of one of her old acting gigs when she was a little girl. Oh. So she clearly sort of regards that whole time of her life with affection.
1: Oh, that's good. I yeah. mean, I it was a positive. Uh, and she also did the Parent Trap too. Which is like yes, a, a straight-to-video, I presume, mm. and a follow-up too. I did, so what happened next? I, I actually, <laughs> what happened next after the Parent Trap, which is already like a dubious enough <laughs> premise for a <her> film. <laughs>
0: we get to the first really obvious bit of product placement next mm. with young Joe yeah. the orphan looking in through the window of McDonald's yes. and marvelling at all the wonderful
1: food yes
0: and, and the, the, yeah. the intention is, is, is obvious because there are families in there and they're mm. all eating together yeah and so oh I wish I had a family yeah but if you think they could just use this in the commercial and the message would be, oh, I wish I had a Big Mac. Yeah, that,
1: that's now... I don't know if I'm, if I'm reaching from a specific source on this, but I, I think that's sort of like the most famous bit in Santa Claus the movie, is the gratuitous uh, McDonald's yeah. bit.
0: it's a shame because it, it overshadows the rest of it because it's so crass and so yeah. careless.
1: But watching it, especially now it It sort of has the opposite effect where it it makes McDonald's seem very unappealing and gross uh, and and it's sort of maybe it's the the day, the sort of mid eighties decor. There, there. but yeah. the, the scenes of people in with their mid-80s uh, hair and their mid-80s clothing <laughs> all sitting around as a family just and, and, and eating, and the in, little... shoving chips in their mouth and yeah. munching on burgers it's kind of gross and it's a very as you said the decor is
0: very sterile and pristine yeah. and nowadays McDonald's is a bit more sort of earth colours and green and red yeah. so trying to I... make it a bit less like a hospital
1: waiting room I believe so. I haven't set foot in a McDonald's in years. So. Shamefully, I do eat there more than I should, okay. which is, and I should eat there never, because Santa mm.
0: Claus isn't the only one who should be eating more vegetables. Mm. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you for agreeing
1: with me. No, I, was, no, I, was, I was just, not, I was just, spending, mm. I was just sort of yeah. nodding in.
0: I did like the, um, i there there's another detail that I liked, but um, uh, little Cornelia's nanny, excuses herself Mm. to watch Masterpiece Theatre and I thought that was a very a nice little mention of uh, upper class pretensions well it's not really pretensions anymore because Masterpiece has sort of expanded Masterpiece Theatre for the benefit of the listener it's the kind of umbrella under which a large chunk of British drama is shown on American television oh is it sort of PBS it's PBS yeah Yeah. it's it's traditionalist of Sunday night Mm. nowadays it's Downton Abbey Mm. Although not now the series finished, but um, uh, you know, uh, period dramas,
1: yeah. um, Upstairs Downs, upstairs, yeah,
0: Upstairs, yeah, upstairs Downs had been a huge hit, yeah. uh, Elizabeth R., mm. all that kind of thing. Mm. Um, so it's yes, I only watch PBS, I only watch Masterpiece Theatre, it's that yeah. very sort of pretentious upper class thing. Yes. Whereas um,
1: Cornelia would probably quite like to watch Cheers, <laughs> or, different, well, we, or we particularly don't. Different Strokes. We, yeah, well, we don't get a sense of what her ordinary life is like because we don't see where her parents are. We don't know where her parents are, or is she an orphan? We don't know. Well, she has a she's in the guardianship
0: of her step uncle,
1: uh, which oh, they mention. Yeah, which we will come back to later. Yeah,
0: but I think it's, it's said several times that he really. I mean, she's like a burden to him. Mm. He'll pay for her upkeep, but he doesn't know what grade she's in he really doesn't could, could care less mm. and it's only her nanny who's actually has any kind of right. interaction with her in the adult world
1: so, so do they do the pension do, do the parents even get mentioned no uh, I mean I assume that she w- was effectively an orphan
0: oh right and that she lives there and her step uncle is her guardian but mm. he he's never around when he is around he just get right. give a crap because as we find yeah. out he's the most evil man in the world he's
1: great he's, we will get on to yeah,
0: that okay. <laughs> as yeah. I, I checked in my notes it's an hour and one minute until we yes. get to him yeah. and boy does he make an impression yeah <laughs> we're, we're
1: really looking forward to oh, this well. I am
0: yeah and we had the next bit of product placement where Cornelia takes some food and something to drink out for a yes. she takes a plate of food yeah. of food and a very and prominent uh, candle and, and a coke delicious of can coke can yeah, coke. <laughs> yeah. With the logo pointing right at the camera, mm-hmm. and then we cut away. When we cut back, a different logo is pointing right at the camera. Oh, really? Yeah, it goes from the where it says Coke to where it says Coca Cola, mm. and it's classic Coke. It's not New Coke. I don't oh. know. I don't oh. know if there's a difference well, in the logo actually. Maybe there was. Um,
1: I think they rebranded it, didn't they? Initially,
0: because it um, would have been.
1: Well, my understanding—I don't know, what year was it that they re- that they introduced new Coke. Do you know it was? 1985. It was. Was it eighty-five? I think so. Um, I th- I'm trying to remember whether they rebranded it or not because I know they when they brought back the original Coke, they rebranded that as Classic Coke, and then they phased out the new Coke. Yes. I don't know if um, if the new Coke had its own design, or whether, they might have updated the design, but I don't know if it said New Coke on it. I don't think it did. But um,
0: as he has a bit of food and then takes a big swig yeah. of Coke and just leans back against the wall with a huge smile on his face. <laughs> yeah. Ah. I yeah. only want to teach the world to sing. <laughs> so I think, well, that couldn't have been new Coke because apparently it, like it tasted
1: like cow, Pepsi. cows. On it.
0: I can't tell the difference.
1: Uh, well, between Coke and Pepsi? No. Uh, well, Pepsi's a bit sweeter.
0: Well, I, I, well, the thing is, I only have a <laughs> fascinating insight to my life. I only ever have the diet ones because I don't like sugary drinks.
1: I I tend not to have as either as much. I I, I vary them sometimes if uh, if I'm feeling devil may care might have <laughs> a regular Coke with, uh, with, but I normally dilute them with um, sparkling water. Uh, oh really? To, yeah. Or a, or a lot of ice. <laughs> yeah. I can't. I don't really like having a Coke neat. So Santa arrives
0: in New York. He sees mm-hmm. that Joe uh, is looting around a street corner, mm-hmm. and Joe assumes that he is like the other like Santa he saw earlier a, a, a fake mm. a phony yes he's actually a drunk and so he proves that he isn't by taking him for a ride on the sleigh yeah which looks quite dodgy
1: oh I don't know if that's fair I think well, it's, it's sort of it, it, it's, well, it's, it's very it's easy to kind of <laughs> yes Santa Claus is effectively abducting a, abducting a small child <laughs> And taking way on his foot, sle- yes, it's obviously very unsavoury connotations yeah. there. But I think if you if you can buy into the rest of the unreality of the of the production, then I think that then it's it's not worth. To be being. honest, I'm just I'm just reading out my notes. Sure, that's the
0: first <laughs> came into my head, and I yeah. think I was quite tired. Mm. They decided to try the super duper looper, yeah, which is basically doing a loop the loop in the sleigh, yeah, which they'd never been able to do before, mm. and this sets up some, something for the climax yes, in of the movie, the, but. Yeah. They practiced the super-duper-looper while heading straight <laughs> to the World Trade Center. Yeah, I thought you might bring that. Up. <laughs> that was the biggest... Well, I would say it was the biggest laugh of the movie. <laughs> the biggest girl's laugh of the movie. Mm. And I thought that maybe the magic muesli is able to make steel melt at very high
1: temperatures. Right, yeah. Which so would explain did a lot. that. Yeah. God. <laughs> um, yeah, to be honest, that didn't occur to me when I watched the film the other day. They didn't think, wow, they're heading straight into the World Trade Centre, oh dear. Because I knew that, that <laughs> they weren't going to actually... You know they weren't actually going to hit Yeah, I, I knew that was not going to take it's, right. it's the fact that they're
0: trying to do a stunt that they never succeeded before. But, yeah. I thought, yeah. Mm. If it was, I mean, it obviously appears in lots of them, uh, the effect shots all the way through. Mm. But it's just at that point, you know, they could have done, like, the Empire State Building or the Chrysler Building.
1: Mm. No. Yeah.
0: But, but uh, the, fly, the flying effects in general... And yeah, they're not really bad. Maybe, they're pretty yeah. good. I mean, it's, good For the time. Uh, I, I would imagine that much of the effects team, I, feel, I believe actually it was much of the effects team, was transplanted from... from the Superman. Superman. There, there,
1: there is a strong sense of familiarity in terms of the, the layout and the... It's quite well done, mm-hmm. I, I think. Because I think for, for Superman, they had to pretty much invent that process. Yes. They didn't... It, it was like about three months before the production went to start. They still didn't know how yeah. they were going to make Superman fly. And
0: they up yes. inventing the travelling mat
1: system. Yes. Um,
0: which I think works extremely well here hmm. for Santa and his sleigh. And I also like where it leaves a trail of
1: hmm. magic stars, the yeah. high but, yeah, because it's Christmas. There's points where I, th- I think, it, and this is a tricky one because you're not dealing with, or you're obviously not dealing with sensible physics or anything, but sometimes the way the sleigh would move, it, it wouldn't sort of, it, you didn't get a sense that it was being pulled by the reindeer, yes. you know, and sometimes it would sort of, it could sort of move vertically and it, there's, and it sort of, <laughs> it wasn't technical. precise. <laughs> it, it was. But then I appreciate nowadays. If they were to do that, they'd have to come up with some sort of pseudo-realistic uh, explanation, like it's, they've got like carrier jump jet style <laughs> things on for the sleigh, oh, yeah, be or they. I mean, yeah. elf does mm.
0: something like that, where the, the sleigh is powered by Christmas spirit. Yeah, but in the modern world, and everyone being so cynical, and yeah, with everyone you know with ring tones and such, yeah, the sleigh needs. A uh, rocket motor as well. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen Elf?
1: I have, yes.
0: It's, I, I, I liked it. I, I thought it was delightful.
1: Um, I, I, I liked it, but I don't think... I'm trying to remember what I didn't like about it, and I can't re- can't remember. I think there was aspects of it that I found a bit uh, off-putting, but I can't remember now. But I did enjoy it. I mean, it, it's a very sweet
0: film. But the, uh, the, the the sleigh work in that is, yeah. I think, very similar. Again, it's sort of bending the rules of yeah the physics of how this would actually work. But I think, well... It's powered by magic, so... Yeah, you can't... You can't... <laughs> let's not, let's not, yeah, let's, let's, yeah, let's not pull it that thread. Yes, exactly. Um, they meet Cornelia. Joe and Sam meet Cornelia. And um, they say they'll meet next year.
1: Yeah, this, I think, is a slight problem that the film has structurally in that a lot of the events have to take place around Christmas. So um, it means that, logically, the film must take place over the course of three or four years perhaps well the main body of the film is I mean really this, sort of, this is
0: the beginning of the, the, the present day mm. yeah. stuff and then it's, there's a full year and then the, it finishes in early January mm. of a, few, a few weeks after Christmas and they do right. explicitly say that it's January yeah um but we 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 cut to various children trying out their new yes. toys, yeah. which is which is from very obviously in an English street. Yeah. And because the, the toys have been made by Patch's machine, yeah. they all immediately disintegrate. Yes. Um, and in a very funny way.
1: Yes. <laughs> it is quite amusing,
0: it is. <laughs> <how particularly laughs> the, the, the carts sort of coming loose from where the boys were yeah. going along, mm-hmm. and then it's run over by a bus. Yes. <laughs>
1: yeah, and and this sort of. Asks a few questions. It doesn't beg the question, but uh, try remember the. It co- raises the question. It raises the question. Thank you. Of what the level of complicity do parents have in uh, in the presents that they receive from Santa Claus? Because the very next scene is of the the toys being returned yeah. to Santa Claus via the same method by which they receive uh, the, he, they receive letters from children and. Uh, so it's as though that parents are annoyed with Father Christmas, with Santa Claus. Yeah, They're call the, the, by his name. Yes. <laughs> They're annoyed with Santa Claus because he, he delivered shoddy merchandise yes. and that kind of precipitates the Severe crisis of uh, confidence that Santa Claus goes through in yeah. this film. He is utterly despondent by the time we get into the, the main body of the film.
0: He goes, he goes through a real. I mean, it's 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 a traditional screenwriting structure to reach a low point from yeah. which you then ascend yeah. and then triumph. But his low point lasts for about the second half of the yeah, movie. Yeah, and
1: it's very low. It's and, it's very grim.
0: And and it's sort of. It's not without justification in context. I, think.
1: Actually, I, I didn't read... watching it again. I didn't understand why it was such a. We're getting a bit ahead of ourselves. So maybe we should. Uh,
0: well, if you just put a pin in that. Mm. I, I I like the suggestion that from Dooley that maybe they should put out a statement. <laughs> is that, like, is think, that is that I don't remember. Yeah, she yeah. says we should. Oh, should we put out a statement? It's so like yeah. Why don't you just hire a PR company <laughs> yeah. and join the rest of the 98s? I mean, God, it's Father Christmas. Yeah, Santa Claus. Oh, yeah. Um, so Patch uh, is, a, is going to get fired, mm. but he quits yes. to save Santa Claus from having to fire him and mm. to sort of do, In that, do that horrible thing yeah. as well. So he leaves the North Pole, mm. and the reindeer cry. Yes. Which I thought was... The reindeer, actually, I should say... It's very hard to tell when they're real
1: reindeer and when they're animatronic. Um, I didn't find that so much. I think it's very good animatronics. Yeah, um, it's, I thought there was I mean, a s- effort put into it. There was
0: a story that went around that the animatronics were actually hollowed out real reindeer.
1: Well they used... Um, <laughs> I think they used the, to do the, the jaw mechanism, it's it's an actual jaw from a, a reindeer.
0: That's that's <laughs> almost yeah.
1: <laughs> I think you know, they use the bone structure, you know, mm. but they put their own teeth on it and they put their own fur on it. <laughs> so they went and put their own teeth. They them out <laughs> of their own mouth. They had oh, some they teeth t- lying about. It, can they,
0: yeah.
1: uh, one question I had about the reindeer is they do they mention all of the reindeer by name, but I'm pretty sure is there no mention of Rudolph? There isn't a mention of Rudolph. No, is that can't be because Rudolph is in some way copywritten or is is, is a protected property? I don't think so. I think it's more that they're just sticking to the classic because it. Myth. We, because they're taking a lot of disparate uh, Christmas or Santa Claus related ephemera, and mm. it's odd that they don't um, include Rudolph the Red nosed Reindeer. Maybe You'd it's
0: because that. Rudolph is really only known for being in the song.
1: Well, that's pretty. I mean, he's if you say name one of Santa's reindeer, you, I think people would be hard pressed to name all of them. But really? I don't know all of the... All of the... Dasher
0: ra- Dancer, Prancer Vixen, Comet, Cupid,
1: Donner and Blitzen. Mm. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I would just... I would think that the most popular, most well-known reindeer would be Rudolph. I know he stems from the sign as well.
0: I would agree that he's the, he's, he's the most famous. But... And it's like classic Cloak and Coke. It's sticking <laughs> to classic Christmas. And, um, the, the original reindeer are named in... Like, nearly called it Nightmare Before Christmas again. Um, Named in the Night Before Christmas, mm. which dates certainly from the 19th century. Mm. Uh, and Rudolph the Nosed Reindeer might well be almost dissolved, but it's definitely more recent than that. Mm. So I think it's sort of sticking to a particular cutoff point regarding mm. the, the I, Christmas myth.
1: I thought it was interesting that some of the reindeer he already had before he was yeah. Santa Claus and others he gained. In Donner and Blitzen. <laughs> yeah. Which if you didn't
0: know it's German for Thunder and Lightning oh. were his own and the other six the elves already had mm. so they all actually yeah, because they don't, they don't they don't rhyme do they although Vixen and Vixen doesn't rhyme with bits. also why is Vixen male that's <laughs> weird do we, do we know the, the gender of uh, Vixen yeah because I thought I think when they mentioned that when um, Patrick was introducing all the reindeer to, to Santa Claus it mentions, oh, here's a vixen. I thought, oh, I wonder if vixen's female. and No, it actually refers to Vixen's vixen as he. Mm. They're all male. Oh. Which I thought, oh, well, that's an odd name to give to a male reindeer.
1: Um, yeah, maybe it's like the, the royal he. Uh, always... <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but the same way that ships are always female. Reindeer are <laughs> yeah. re- re- yes. always found, male, yeah. even when they're not. Yeah.
0: So, with Patch having left... Santa Claus is despondent over having ruined Christmas by making an incorrect appointment yeah we cut to the US Senate oh yes to my favourite I think my favourite movie villain oh really ever oh Um, we are an hour and one minute in and we're only about 45 minutes from the end of the movie Mm. but we are introduced to John Lithgow
1: as BZ the most evil man in the mm. world and it, it's the most John Lithgow-y perform it, it's like the Gram <laughs> Grand Zero Lithgow <laughs> it's great don't mention Grand Zero again <laughs> alright yes it's a terrific scene well it's it's just I, I'm fond of it, it's like a similar scene in The Simpsons where you've got to see crusty merchandise <laughs> yeah, combusting and... like
0: the the, the the doll that seems to be made of petrol yes um and BZ says, oh, I always said cigarettes when was bad for your health. Yeah. <laughs> and he's holding a giant cigar. Yeah.
1: Oh, I have to mention, like, the, my favourite bit in the film is... Uh, we, we, I, I'm jumping a little bit ahead. Okay. 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 But it, you, you mentioned cigars. This is, yes. Is um, we see, when we see a presentation of BZ toys out in, in the, the uh, Macy's type. Oh, thing. yes. Yeah. Yeah. The way that he promotes his line of toys is with a cutout of of himself himself. with a big cigar and his his hand outstretched. And that's what you want from a toy manufacturer. It's a businessman. Yeah.
0: Again, it's uh, It's, there is a sort of underlying thing that he is a a raging egomaniac. Yeah. And it's a subtle little thing. But in his office, there are are photographs lying on the walls. Mm if you look closely every single one of those photographs is of him and him alone
1: yes yeah, so there's one by his one by his as well yeah <laughs> like <laughs> so that so you yeah wait,
0: look, up, look at it in the and say "Ah, oh, damn I look good this morning yeah just
1: total unchecked ego yeah, yeah. He, he's
0: pure capitalist. yeah he's pure ego yeah absolutely
1: and at the, at the,
0: other, the other thing the Senate it's a, it's a Senate hearing mm-hmm. into the safety issues related yeah. to his company's toys the third one that I love is it's a little, a beautiful little teddy bear, a little mm. bear, stuffed with sawdust, sawdust, broken glass, and
1: nails. nails. <laughs> yeah, and
0: it's like, why would you even do that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's that would too, be harder. harder. <laughs> and would like, yeah,
1: be more difficult than just putting, <laughs> than just putting <laughs> cotton in, in there. Well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That 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 kind of thing always. Any sort of, and especially because it is John Lithgow doing it. Uh, it, it, it sort of it gives it. it more uh, and it, it's and also it's just slightly out of tone with the rest of the film it's not quite the same film as everything else but he's playing it as though it is but it's it it can't I, be I think
0: it, it fits with I think the the tone of all the North Pole scenes mm. where it's everything is very it's sort tr- like, like, yeah it's like a child's eye view yeah where everything is in the North Pole everything is bright and colourful and friendly yeah. and Oh, here's a businessman, and he's evil. Yeah, and he's so evil that he wears a big fur coat everywhere. He has a yeah. homburg hat, got the little buttonhole, and he smokes a big cigar. Yeah. The other actors mm. considered for
1: the role the first choice, Harrison Ford. Oh yes, I remember reading that. That could work. I don't think he's got enough range. You know? I think I. Well, he's
0: usually quite a subdued actor.
1: He'd just be very gruff, I think. He wouldn't sort of be dynamic.
0: I think he could have gone big because Mm. I've seen him do more sort of broad performances. Mm. And he sells it. And I think if he was willing to really commit to how cartoonish BZ is, he would have been very good. Mm. second choice, who I think would have been maybe a better fit, Burt Reynolds...
1: Yeah, that would be a, di- a different kind of character, but you can see him playing a sort of oily, uh, I can, I can charmer type. Yeah, name. I can definitely see him play that kind uh-huh. of character. Third choice was Dustin Hoffman. I think they were just sort of throwing in Dustin Hoffman yeah, because was, he's well, Dustin oh, yeah, Hoffman. He's, he's a good name. Any time, especially around that time in, in Hollywood when they say, "Well, they consider Dustin Hoffman for this role? It, it, it's like, not that, I mean, I like Dustin Hoffman no, not to say yeah, yeah. anything. He did, but, he's,
0: but, he's, he's got great range, but yeah. he, uh, he doesn't really fit. I think one thing that's in really in John Lithgow's favour is he's very tall and gangly. Yeah. And he towers over his assistant. And also, I think it's sort of what well, they get around the idea of the elves being small. They've mm. cast actors who are short-ish. Yeah. And, they, and the not-elf actors around them are just tall. Mm. So David Holson is quite tall. John Lithgow yeah. is very tall. Yeah. And it covers
1: up the fact that they're not tiny little midgets. Yeah, and it feels pretty organic. Yes. I think if they'd have used li- little people actors, it might have seemed a bit... Uh, what's the word? Exploitative? Yeah, exploitative. Yeah,
0: it would have been awkward.
1: Yeah, I, st- I still sort of... And it's, it's a bit of an awkward situation politically, I suppose, when it comes... Because the little people need work too, and um, yes. there, there can be this pressure to not hire them for, this, for almost, as though it's for their own benefit, but... Um, mm. It's a uh, it's a tricky one to navigate. Yeah, I feel uncomfortable talking about it because I feel like I'm getting no, no, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's it's, a, it's an awkward getting subject to talk about. Yeah.
0: The other name that was considered for BZ, as I think, one of really out of left field, Johnny Carson.
1: Oh yes, yeah. Well, he didn't do much um, acting, though. Did no, he? I can I think I can see why they would have gone for him because he's yeah. a big
0: name. Yeah, and he's and he has, charismatic, very yeah. charismatic, and I can. I can see him playing that kind of character yes, but I'm not it, sure if it, he'd fit in terms he, of personality and. Yes, cause
1: it, I, it I, sort of like a character that needs to be a sort of charmer or sort of someone who con- convinces you of, of something mm-hmm. and I think that uh, on The Tonight Show that's basically that's part of his long, yeah. enduring appeal is to, to relate to people and to be a kind of barrier between the, the famous celebrity person and, and, and the audience mm-hmm.
0: But uh, John Lithgow got it because uh, I believe it was one of the Salkines saw Terms of Endearment in which oh, co and thought that he looked, there was something about him that reminded them of the Grinch. Yes. Because he does have that, he but, has yeah. that very angular face.
1: Yes. Thing. Very expressive. Mm. Yeah.
0: And, pr- and prior to this he'd done mainly sort of serious grown-up films in mm. most mm. commas, Um And was Oscar nominated mm. as well. Um, but this is the film where he was first really able to cut loose yes. and play comedy.
1: Yes. And he's very good. He's, yeah. as I say,
0: possibly my favourite ever screen villain because yeah. he's just so... He, he's evil and he
1: loves people. Yeah, evil. And, and there's no kind of redeeming quality. There's no effort to kind of make him more dimensional than that. There's, there's no humanising fact that much. I can't think of one where he does anything nice at all. There's no sort of attempt to round him out. He...
0: He does mention later on where... Um, he mentions that he never got a toy from, from Santa Claus. He called, called him by the wrong name. Oh, right. And, and he actually, as he says it, he's putting the cigar in his mouth and he's almost putting it in there like it's a dummy. Oh, right. And um, it's suggested that, well, maybe it's because he was on the naughty list.
1: Well, then that, that sort of uh, uh, raises the question. Of, oh, but did, did, did Santa Claus make him? Was it nature or nurture? <laughs> 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 did, did, I, did not giving him a present cultivate his um, villainy or, or or did it just cement well, or, you know? well
0: Cornelia is his ward of court mm. we assume and she is good hearted and kind mm. and virtuous but her step uncle is I said the most evil being mm. in the universe
1: so I'd say it's nature because she turned out all right Yes, I think the the film doesn't go there. (laughs) I I think it's fair to say that the the characters inhabit the traits that they are born with. There's not a sense that They're
0: they're true to their own nature.
1: Yes, they're they're sort of operating as almost archetypes. Mm. But uh, BZ's company is in severe problems Mm. with uh, what
0: they're being investigated by the government, towards being taken off shelves. Uh, which Patch sees heading around to New York and he assumes that they're flying off the of shelves because people are buying them yeah. and we see that as you said a fantastic ad yeah, oh, of yes. him
1: just in, in a yeah, suit in a suit with a cigar but, uh, Yeah,
0: and, and and we see I, I love the contrast of the Technicolor Wonderland of Santa's workshop mm. in the Overlook Hotel and the grim grey yeah. factory of yeah. BZ Toys with and- a sign
1: outside saying toys for happy boys and girls <laughs> yeah. And I like that as, as, like, as unpleasant as he, he is, he's still the face of this company to the degree <laughs> that in marketing products he uses his own likeness. That, that's, that's brilliant. Yeah. They should, more, more businessmen should do that. <laughs> the head of Toys R Us, should, they should, he should replace um, Jeffrey the, the giraffe, just be some dude. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah.
0: But yes, Patch arrives at Beasley's office mm. Beezy assumes he's from the Federal Trade Commission, yeah. as one, as one yeah. would, and um, explains that he, you know, he has the plan to mm. to revitalise BZ's business by proving, himself, by proving himself to Santa Claus mm. with this new thing that he's come up with. Yeah, and they have this fantastic discussion where it's saying, "Oh, the, the, about advertising and um, wanting to be on every mm. like, a minute, a minute of television time on every channel in the world." Yeah. And um, so, well, how much? How much is this this thing going to cost then? So, oh, well, nothing. We're going to give it away for free. For free? And it's actually it's lit so that uh, Pat says, "Oh, that's incredible! How did you <laughs> your face go so red <laughs> so far? It's actually he's leaned back and they've yeah. just slightly changed the lighting so that right. his face is looking completely crimson. Yeah, but it's all done in one yeah. shot and it's really cleverly done. Mm. But uh, they <laughs> they, go down to, they go down to the um, shop floor and Beazie yes. has used this of course to fire all his staff <laughs> because all of them every, every single yes. because Pat is the only person who they need and there was a sign on the wall as Beazie comes out of the lift with a cigar it says yes. positively no smoking yes. and there's a sign next to it saying this company does not recognise any union nor should you
1: <laughs> I worry whether or not that's a real sign <laughs> oh well he, he he mentioned oh there's a sort of line earlier where he where they he, call, he calls the unions commies yeah well because the, the, they're on strike because they haven't they, they, haven't, long, they haven't they haven't been they haven't, they haven't paid, paid. <laughs> and he goes commies which again re- reinforces my uh, theory that this whole thing is a socialist allegory but it yeah, is yeah. I think
0: it is very much but i yeah. was I was worrying though I, ho- I hope the art department put yeah. that sign yeah. off but it just wasn't in the location yeah Oh, Beesy says that. Oh, he says that his favourite sound is the cracking of knuckles. <laughs> and it's just like everything about him yeah. is repulsive.
1: Uh, have um, we got to the bit where? No, it might I might be jumping in slightly, but the um, where uh, the, the room is called the dispatch office. Oh, that, yeah, that's the next bit. The disp- yeah. dispatch office, and he's put a life of the first three letters. Yeah, it's great. Okay, it's a lovely little, that's lovely yeah. that's a little sweet. It's not, not drawn attention to it's just the... Hmm. Mm-hmm. Back in the North Pole,
0: Santa Claus is himself making a toy mm. for Joe. And it's a statue, mm. a little statue of an elf. It's an elf a- portrait. Exactly. <laughs> Anya notices that it's, uh, it, it looks like Patch. Yeah. And it made me think that, in the context of the story, is Joe a surrogate son for Santa Claus and Anya? <laughs> because they never, because it's said, they, Well, they, they have children of their own.
1: Yeah, but then the, the trouble with that, and something I was maybe going to bring up a bit earlier, is after he takes um, Joe um, around that w- with his sleigh, he sort mm. of dumps him back where he was. He doesn't sort of find a decent home for him or anything. No. So if he was really like a surrogate son for Santa Claus, <laughs> you'd think he might. I don't know. Take very, well, better care of. him
0: <laughs> Yes, I suppose so. But it's. I mean, that's. More sort of on an instant basis, whereas maybe he's had a bit of time to think about it. Mm.
1: It would be, it would be, yeah, nice uh, it's a nice sort of a bit a, of maybe a character moment. The idea that despite all of the good work he's done for, for children, he's it, had enough, yeah, it hasn't sort of erased that desire that they had for their own child. Mm. But it's not, it's not if it's there, it's sort of subtext, it's yeah, it's not really, um, uh, again
0: I mean, I've seen that, I mean, I, I watch it every year and I've lost to see the film seven or eight times and it's only just occurred to me mm. so it's it's subtle or I'm thick mm. <laughs> and it could be it could be either one of those patches commercial oh yes which is both really awkward mm. and really garish it's with the, with it feels the, sort of in tune with the commercials of the time if, with the with the the dancers yeah and him walking towards
1: the camera like a zombie, parroting the, the auto cue. Yeah, And I, I like um, that when he points out this is all fake. This isn't what the uh, the North Pole is like. When even the North Pole itself is kind of fake and garish. That that, that there's a sort of double irony there. Maybe well, I, think, I, I so think it's like I, a, a once removed, additionally removed from reality version of the I, same thing. I, I like that it it's
0: it's because the North Pole is sincere. Hmm. And he's in a commercial, which yes. is inherently a commercial is untrue. Yes. Because even if they're saying everything that's true, there's going to be an element of falseness to it. Mm. So I think, yeah, that's, that's why it's not, not like the North Pole. Even though actually, <laughs> the, Santa and the Elves are watching it on TV in the North yeah, Pole. Yeah, so they haven't got, t- they have got a like, TV. And it's black and white. Yes. Again, it's like the, the old fashioned yeah. aspect, just way behind the times. Mm. Uh, Patch goes out on his patchmobile, which he's built, just yeah. like a giant yeah. something. It's sort of yeah. made
1: out of toys. looks like it's made by the similar methods by which they would make regular toys. Exactly, you know? with the, the little drums the the so and the drums and, the, and, the, lights, and
0: yeah. the, um, the, the drums turn on and their headlights. Yeah, and at the back you see the bodywork, and it's actually you realise, oh, it's supposed to fit together like a jigsaw. Mm. I quite like that and everyone's showing when he goes off and you have John Lethger screaming
1: at the top of his lungs yeah.
0: look I'm dead <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: his head yeah. vibrating yeah. With, with all the acting and you can't do like what Santa does time, you know time travel with him as well yeah so wouldn't it make, just make more sense to distribute them like they would a regular toy or, or would that be too expensive I suppose it's... well the, uh, the point is he wants them all to be under the Christmas tree yeah. he wants oh. them to be there with Santa's toys mm.
0: So, it makes sort of sense on the level of the way the characters are thinking, mm. but on a practical level, you have to assume that he can time travel. Somewhere. Yeah, you have to just uh, yeah, you have to um, kind of think about it. And the fact that um, we never we find out how the patchmobile is powered. I assume that it was powered by the. I think. The magic, it's a, I the think no, we see.
1: We see, what, what? What we don't because we see the um, the sort of charging station that's got the, the gold. Oh yes. In it. So we assume it's charged. It's, it's powered by the same thing that powers the reindeer. Um, only he didn't. Need, he only had one sack of it, and he keeps it in a special closet. Yeah. Um, in a in a um, keeps it in a filing cabinet. Filing cabinet. Yes. And uh, that's not nearly enough to power that, that he and Considering he's distributing this lolly to every child in the country or the world It's not not quite clear Probably the country, I don't know I think
0: it's... Uh, we don't see anywhere overseas But mm. I mean, don't... Oh no, we do, oh, no, we, do.
1: We, do. We, we see some British... you see it in England, don't we? Yeah, but that could just be... Could about. just be the fact that, it, yeah But I was
0: going to say that we don't see any non-Caucasian yes. children Playing with Santa's toys over the years
1: that's a long time, there's we do we actually do
0: yeah. see children from all over the world, and children of all races playing? With there's the not a
1: huge amount of non-Caucasian people in, in the whole film, no. I would say. No. And this is, it comes to a bit that I um, don't quite understand, uh, or I think the film doesn't do a good enough job of, of uh, justifying. Is the we've already established a bit that uh, Santa Claus is feeling a bit despondent about how the whole. Um, that that one Christmas when, when, all the, when all the presents broke. All of them, apparently. Yeah. But he's... this. So this is a year later then? By this point. Yes, yeah. this is a year later. So he's doing his rounds again and then he sees the, the lollipop there and he already knows that that's Patches. So rather than being happy for Patch or pleased that, oh, good for him, he's doing his own... He's despondent because someone else is doing someone sort of usurped his uh, his turf and, um, and someone else is uh, providing presents. And this sort of leads him into that dis- um, disturbing <laughs> cycle of despair <laughs> where uh, he's utterly... He's uncommunicable and, and just, he's completely lost... <laughs> he's lost all hope. He's, he's, he's lost all passion for Christmas. He's, well, it's... He... And and I don't know if there's enough justification for that. It doesn't doesn't quite make sense.
0: I think it's a a deficiency in the writing because Mm. he says that he's worried that people no longer give gifts just to see a smile on the the face of a friend. And it's clearly a reflection of the commercialisation of Christmas. Yeah. And... uh, I mean, it's because Patch is sort of the front for Mm. this lollipop, Mm. but BZ is behind it. So maybe I think it's because BZ is involved that it's that he's taking over Christmas. And that's uh,
1: we don't we we don't see how what Santa Claus feels about Beezy. Does he know that he's a nasty piece of work? Does he? um, I think
0: I I think it's because he knows that BZ is a businessman. And that there is a bottom line. Because of that, he's, he's concerned that he's that he's, that Christmas is becoming a commercial enterprise mm. and not a season of giving.
1: Yes, uh, and they don't make that overt. He doesn't say, "Oh, it's become too commercial." But there is an interesting bit, slightly earlier when um, Patch is leaving, and. Um, he's worried about him and other people are like he's, he's like you know he's never been out there he doesn't know what it's like mm. and other people who haven't gone <laughs> they said oh, <laughs> well, because all they get is the letters from children so it's like oh it must be lovely but some—but Santa knows the truth yeah. <laughs> yes.
0: oh, yeah because of course he goes out there every year so, yeah, he, so, he, so know he what the world's he, like
1: yeah and that's a a nice moment but it sort of paints a kind of a, that Santa Claus is potentially a very complex
0: uh, yeah.
1: figure yeah. who's a um, Face the harsh brutality of, uh, and it, it's unclear how in this in this world what the relationship people have with Santa is how much they actually know whether he's real. Yeah, uh, but it's still a matter of almost morality if you don't believe. You know, if you if if, if you don't believe in Santa Claus, it's a kind of moral failing. Of, yeah, you know, but...
0: particularly I mean where jo- Joe gets beaten up
1: by some oh, kids. Yeah, who say hey.
0: Oh, Santa Claus is great. He's the best guy in the world. And yeah. his kids be say "No, his presents suck." Yes. <laughs> so,
1: <laughs> so clearly, even yeah. the bullies are certain that Santa Claus exists. Yeah. So, is is it sort of known that he that Santa Claus exists yeah. in this world? I guess. So, even the parents know. It's it's not quite clear. Um, well, at least it doesn't. It, it leaves it a bit murky. He's like a friendly Howard Hughes. <laughs> Yes, kind of. It's like a philanthrop, like a crazy philanthropist. Yeah, it just periodically just. And oh, and it, it doesn't sort of address whether he gives more toys to rich people or not.
0: What? Or you think he gives toys? to now, every child gets one toy mm. because um, Cornelia in, the, in that second Christmas yeah. she gets a little toy piano. Oh right. So yes, the, so Patch's gift is a lollipop with a bit of mm. magic and so it makes you yeah. fly. And. Um, the nanny eats
1: Cornelius mm. yeah, and she mentions that it feels like she's Mary Poppins. Yes, yeah. the thing that always distracts me about that scene is that 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 is kind of a bit gross. It that, looks that, horrible. That lolly just comes apart in her mouth in a way that is, it, it just collapses. It doesn't look like it's a a hard candy or anything. Yeah. It's. Uh, I
0: mean, that, uh, that's clearly
1: a. Uh, I mean, you think they could have just made us something like a, just a
0: solid plastic thing. Perhaps, and I mean, then just cleaned it between takes because the actress has to put it in her mouth yeah.
1: rather than an just, edible thing. Because, yeah. because
0: it's a lot, so you lick it, so it doesn't matter if it...
1: You, dish, she didn't, if it she, she just sort of bit into it and, it and it... And it just sort of so come it mean, out, because because it Yeah, gross. It, it's, it looks gross and it's a bit distracting. I don't even remember being distracted by that as a kid. <laughs> because even though I remember at the time it looked delicious, that kind of uh, puce-coloured... Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, a lolly that sort of collapses in there it looked like it was sort of sherbetty um, but then I was confused that how anyone could actually because later on you see the kid in the basketball and he's sucking on that lollipop but how would, he, how would anyone be able to suck on that lolly with, for a sustained period of time if it collapses so readily in, in, in your mouth um, I, don't, I don't know why that, what, that was a strange production decision because it mm-hmm. totally took me out of the film Patch plans to leave mm-hmm. now that he's proven himself to Santa yes.
0: Claus but Beasley persuades him to do a favour for him before he goes and that is Christmas 2 Christmas 2 which will be March 25th yes so strike while the iron's hot yeah and they're going to use candy canes instead of lollipops
1: oh and there's a great touch uh, around this time we, we, earlier we mentioned the, the bedside table with oh, yes. uh, his face uh, and um, against that is a Time magazine cover with a sleigh that, yeah. and underneath the, the heading is Christmas 2 question mark that's great. So it's, he's already been publicised. Yeah, oh, it's, oh, it's, it's, I'm liking it's, this film. Like the the more I talk about the, the the one th- uh, the thing that I think holds it back is that I, th- I think that the children in it aren't very charismatic or. And also, uh, half, like throughout the whole second act, we lose Santa Claus. He sort of disappears from. He, go, the he
0: goes off and has his dark Knight of the Santa. Yes,
1: he is dark knight of the Santa. <laughs> and, uh, it, that that feels a bit overdone. I, th- I think they probably thought there aren't enough emotional stakes at this point. We need to beef it up, but then it mm-hmm. it just feels that. And also, it makes him less likable. Is is that because it feels disproportionate to what's actually the, to the events? So it just feels like he's it's just so someone who just becomes suicidal <laughs> just someone who's just I don't care do what you want Any, people are asking questions about oh, yeah, what you um, does not care one, one of the elves brings him a doll yeah and
0: does it fly does it fly, does it fly? It's just, no it wets yeah that's not a nice
1: present well that's a thing that dolls especially at the time I don't know if they still do but that was a feature of oh, uh, the dolls. poo their pants now do they <laughs> no, they can't I, I, it's a weird feature but, yeah,
0: yeah I can imagine if they, if they wet themselves I can imagine that you can also get a doll that poos its pants
1: uh, <laughs> there must have been at least one doll manufactured over the over the past 30 years that poos its pants yes yeah. what would it be called <laughs> uh, poppy poo <Prew> pots <laughs> polly poo pants oh no, polly poo pants
0: oh merry Christmas merry Christmas Um Yes, jo, uh, Cornelia brings Joe in out of the rain. It's mm. pouring with rain now that it's January.
1: Obviously. Mm. So, uh, so have they like known each other for like over a year? Yes. Like, sort of, and, the, uh, and she hasn't let him in the house in that time, or well, the baby. She, she
0: can't. He can't stay in the house. Ah, right.
1: Obviously, because he's a street kid. Mm.
0: But she sort of let him in, yeah. and it's more that more that more that she's letting him in because it's pouring with rain. So, oh no, yeah. you come in out of the cold. You stay here for a bit. And suddenly. Out of the middle of the night, Towser, BZ's assistant, turns up mm. and explains that there has been an incident. Yes. Because they put some of the candy canes near a radiator, <laughs> and now that part of the building has disappeared yes. in a giant explosion. <laughs> yeah. Is which, that giant? <laughs> which, <laughs> di- which didn't wake up Patch. Which uh, is, that, yeah. again, it's, uh, I think, yeah, mm. the scrutiny, just a little few tweaks here and there, yeah. just
1: because that's not really believable. But um, And also, uh, Patch has no idea that that happens. No, he, never, he, he never asks about it. Yeah, just, even though he's been working for, with it for hundreds of years, he doesn't know Get well, Maybe the, because he's been in the North Pole, it's always cold. You specifically, know. they also say that he's souped up the formula. Oh, I see. So it's now... Uh, he's, he's, Vomitant, he's, yeah. he's,
0: he's cut it with um, <laughs> something. Yes. He's, he's cut it with um, Christmas spirit. Mm. Yeah. Uh, there's one detail that I loved, is that, uh, as they're explaining this, BZ... Pours himself a drink Yes, And I thought for years That he was pouring himself a glass of Cola, presumably yeah. Coca-Cola
1: Perhaps Blue Ribbon no,
0: Well, I it, I mean, He pours it into a brandy balloon yeah. And swirls it around and sniffs it And I thought, yeah, he is the sort of person Who would drink Coca-Cola out of a brandy balloon mm-hmm. And treat it as though it's You know, yeah. Fine, yeah. fine cognac But it's perhaps Blue Ribbon yeah. Which is the most It's like the American carling
1: Yes, it's, it's, but what he actually, if you know, it, it's not um, blocked very well, but I think what he's actually doing is giving back glass to, um, what's the name of his assistant? Towser. He's given the Papsbury Ribbon to Towser, and he's taking the, the brandy, but it looks as though oh, it's... all oh, right. right. Yeah.
0: Because that would make I, I,
1: sense. I, Yeah, I thought that's what it was, but I, I, re- I re-round it because I, I think I was missing some part of the, <laughs> some significant plot detail, I can't <laughs> remember what it was. Yeah, I, yeah I, I was confused by the structure because it seemed as though this character had just turned up for no reason, just to move the plot along. But then he subsequently explains the, the exploding lab thing. Yeah, but uh, it's busy. I've written this in big letters,
0: as you can yes. see, to indicate how loud John Lithgow is talking in the scene. Santa
1: Claus is finished. Yes. <laughs> so I guess they know there's a Santa Claus then. That they, must... well, they, well, they well they've accepted
0: that Patch is an elf
1: yes because when firstly,
0: yeah. Patch teleports around the room yeah and say oh right so if you're a real elf and you said that Santa Claus is real I guess because you know, Santa Claus really is yeah. real though yeah so I mean, he's not stupid yeah oh okay that's, he's, that's, he's that's a wild he's a maniac thing. and that's yes. what I'm doing but and by next December they'll be writing to me yeah. <laughs> But when they hear about the exploding candy canes, their plan is to... St- and they gave away the lollipops. Mm. They're charging yes. for the candy canes. Yes. So that retroactively proves Santa Claus's mm. feeling that you know, Christmas is it's about money. Right. And that he is just ripping off... BZ is just ripping off children, yeah. extracting money out of them. And, they're gonna, and he and Talbot are going to take the money and run. Brazil, and run. I, think, I, think. Go I think. Go to, yeah. go to Brazil yeah. and blame Patrick. Now, it, it suggests they're not going to be putting any of these exploding candy canes in Brazil. It's mm. just going to be America.
1: Yes. Because otherwise that, yeah.
0: the Brazilian government would take <laughs> yeah, a the, of the whole every world job. government would be after that. Yeah. Yeah. But, but what about all the people who... Well, if people are so reckless as to have radiators in their houses... <laughs> uh, Cornelia hears about this. She writes to Alastair Santa who is galvanised into action. Yeah. He saddles up the reindeer... Patch finds Joe who's heard Mm. about this and has been locked up in the basement and they argue but then Patch sees the statue yes and he realises that Santa Claus really does care about him after all and Mm. he didn't have to prove himself Mm. so they say right well we're going to take all these candy canes to the North Pole and we can give those out next year instead of Santa's toys and Santa Claus can take the year off
1: oh is that the plan yeah yeah, yeah. that is the plan that, that,
0: that he will sort of Say well, yeah, you you don't have to do it on your own anymore. We can yeah. we can help you, and so it's all it's all very altruistic. Yes. Cornelia calls the police, and she thinks they didn't believe them, but they still turn up. the, oh. the, the, sle- the sleigh arrives in New York. Yes, and um, they give chase to the patchmobile as it's flying back to the North Pole. Meanwhile, the police arrive for Beezy.
1: Yes, uh, th- th- this is interesting <laughs> because it, it it arrives quite early in the the climax of the film this is not a thing that happens like it, it, it's it's a so we, we lose Beezy in other words quite early in, in the climax yeah which is it feels like I would have liked to have seen more Beezy or uh, him have a more substantial because he's sort of just that this is his uh, swan song mm-hmm. <laughs> he just so he um, the police are at the door there's no sort of Bringing in for questions, like he, he knows he's done for, this is it, the jig is up. There's yeah. no effort to argue his case or anything, no getting a lawyer. In. Maybe he's got no money. I guess he's got no money, he's sort of bankrupt at this yeah, point. His, isn't
0: yeah, the idea is that his, his company is on the verge of going under.
1: But then he did mention that the money was rolling in at one point, and that made me think how is the money rolling in because nothing is happening? It it's, depends on so what his business model is. It. It's pre orders. It's <laughs> pre orders, maybe, yes. Okay, that makes sense. So I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> Hey, rather than stay in argue his case he decides to eat a whole bunch of uh, candy canes and fly away uh, fly, fly away but because
0: he basically was just shoving them into his face yeah and they massively souped up yeah. he jumps out of the window and immediately goes straight up in the air like a rocket
1: yeah it's a very Roald Dahl-esque
0: um, yeah. ending for I, the character. I can't help a few then we sort of cut to the, the chase with yeah. um, Santa and Cornelia pursuing Patch and Joe and they managed to do they do the super duper looper yes uh, unnecessarily and, <laughs> yes um,
1: that I, I remember even as a kid I think yeah you could have just stayed underneath them yeah, I don't see how that benefits <laughs> but you know it's a nice little climax for the movies so. and also it implies that because they've never managed to do that before but the only difference is that two of the reindeer are sick yes two of the reindeer have had to cry off because they're sick and the rest are tired because they've just had Christmas yeah and I think they must have included that just to raise the stakes to make it seem yeah create more jeopardy for Santa but then it sort of suggests that the secret to doing their super duper loop is just to, that some other reindeers are just dead weight and that they don't <laughs> they don't need to be there at all because he can you can even catch up with the uh, patch you, you know
0: there is actually a little detail I just thought of which is that the reindeer have their own special thermometer oh yeah which they put in their mouth and it lights up end yes. at the end with flu I thought just like a red nose
1: Ah, why didn't they go? Why isn't Rudolph in the film? Oh, he—he's such
0: a diva. He just dominated the whole thing. Yeah. But yes, they, they catch up with them. The patch mobile explodes. Yes, but uh, they safely catch yeah. Patch and Joe mm. and fly back to the North Pole. And at that point, I think, wow well, so says, "Oh, what happened to? Oh, what about that fellow Beesy? Mm. So, oh, well, I called the police, but I don't think they believe me." Mm. Then you cut to the factory with all the police yes. turning up. Yeah and then you have so that's
1: uh, move BZ's exit later yeah it seems it should be a tad later because I think it sort of takes away some of the I think it must be a difficult thing to uh, to juggle yeah you want to you want to balance the two things both
0: is are the heroes going to be okay is evil going to be punished yeah and as best as possible you want to keep those two at the same pace Mm. but BZ as you say he leaves too early yeah and I think you could you could, you don't have to sort of cut between them, but still, but having it that way round with sort of, oh they're saved and then evil gets punished.
1: Yeah, I think it's, the, it seems logical to say save the heroes, then punish the evil. That it should come in that order. Yes, but then thinking about it again, it's there's a certain ambiguity to what BZ's fate is. So we don't know what's happening with with BZ. Well, and yes,
0: as as they arrive back at the North Pole, um, they decide that. Um, Cornelia and Joe can stay there at mm. least
1: until next year then, yeah. <laughs> a question I have is that does that mean that um, they're not going to age for that year or are they going to age normally I assume they would age normally mm.
0: because the elves don't age because they're elves right. and Claus and Anya don't age because they're special they
1: have special dispensation yeah to, to...
0: but um so Dooley says, Oh, it looks like I'm going to have to be a school teacher as well. Mm. And they both go, School? <laughs> and everyone mm. laughs. Yes. And then all the elves dance. Yeah. And then the final scene of the movie, yeah. we cut to space. Yes. <laughs> and Breezy is flying off into space. Yeah, it's, it's horrifying. It's like gravity. <laughs> still able to <laughs> breathe. Yeah, it's like the ending of gravity. He's flying <laughs> off into space, yeah. still able to breathe, and yelling.
1: Yes. <laughs> Which and, is a hard, I mean, that was. So, and I remember around. <laughs> watching that at the, the time uh, uh, you know in the in the school assembly <laughs> and, the t- and the, the teachers sort of chuckling at that bit and then me being quietly horrified at what his yeah. fate because maybe it's because I knew a, a, a bit more about physics I think than <laughs> maybe the other kids at the time I was more of conscious of the physics. fact that there was no error or it, 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 there's no way out there. There's no... Yeah, so he's, he's got a very messy fate that it was... Well, he's already up in space and he yeah. can breathe, so he'll be fine. Yeah. He's going to go off and bring festive misery to some other civilization. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a very um, macabre uh, ending. But I don't know if it's sort of intended as macabre. I think it's I just a silly...
0: Yeah, I think, yeah. like you say, it's like Roald Dahl. Yeah. It's that kind of sort of magical thing of... Like, like George's grandmother shrinking down... To nothing. Shrinking yeah. down to nothing. Yeah. Which is horrible.
1: Mm. But she's wow. a horrible. book well, even yeah. on the word, but, I mean, BZ,
0: but BZ is horrible.
1: But, but talking about George's marvelous medicine because that's my favorite uh, Roald Dahl book. Might as well. Actually. Yeah. Oh, great. But what's well, he like, That's an incredibly irresponsible book. Uh, oh be, yeah. Because yeah. it's nothing but George getting household, just poisoning his grandmother with household, uh, uh, <laughs> <He> <laughs> household does, liquids. He does steer away from. <laughs> yeah, he makes a point, but he steers away from the medicine cabinet. Because he says no, that's da- that's dangerous. I'm just going to oh, yeah. get this paint thinner. And pour it in. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's and, great. But, and nail varnish. And oh, nail varnish. Yeah, and he uses he does he puts in like um, animal medicine. So he puts. Oh in, yeah, that's like, all right. That's all right. Yeah, but not uh, yeah. Um, we have the, the big final song. Well, yeah, I can, I, can say, I don't really care for the the actual songs in this film. They're very, oh. very garish and. Uh, two two 80s production. production. <laughs>
0: well the opening, the opening titles is sung by Alad Jones
1: oh that's right.
0: it's a very gentle choral song but the end credits Christmas All Over the World mm. by Sheena Easton originally offered to Freddie Mercury
1: oh that would have been
0: better but um, they'd just done Highlander and they mm. thought they didn't want to get known as being the band that does movies mm. and Paul McCartney was approached to do to write the songs for the film yeah um with the intention that it would be sort of a bit like a musical mm. but not really
1: but um, they wound up I think Henry, Henry Mancini and um, Leslie Bricusse. Mm. the score's okay but I just that, that kind of main Christmas is the, the, the that with, yeah. the, with the children's choir it's great great thing
0: Christmas is a lovely time
1: yeah yeah, yeah I could do without that
0: well I think this is an underrated gem it's,
1: yeah. it's because to me it's not a gem because I it was just a it, it was a thing that I watched when I was a kid and I, I wasn't aware that it had a sort of lukewarm um, critical and uh, uh, commercial response to it so uh, it, I don't sort of see it as this uh, unsung classic or anything because it, it had two ubiquitous it was too ubiquitous when I was young. Like I got sick of it, but now when we're talking about it now and remembering the <laughs> so silly bits in it, I'm thinking, like, oh yeah, that was kind of fun film. And, and watching it again recently, it did. did um, it, it's a very watchable film, I, I think, considering its um, lack of uh, popular support. Yeah,
0: it's, uh, it's a diamond in the rough.
1: I think think it's a rough diamond yes uh,
0: it has has one or two problems Um, and there are one or two script elements that I think
1: need a bit of work yeah like I said it it loses Santa Claus he sort of becomes too he becomes marginalised as as a character when he should be the centre of what's happening but as a compromise you do get John Lithgow being great and Dudley Moore's a lot of fun too yeah Dudley Moore's very
0: charming all the way through yeah
1: and and also uh, it's got a very nice beginning. You know, the 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 first act I think is is very nice sort of uh, world building that uh, it takes the kind of care that you don't normally see in this sort of no. thing. And um, uh, yeah, mentioning world building, I,
0: I was thinking. Wonder- what it would have been like if Ridley Scott had directed it. Oh, was he? No, 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 I don't think it
1: was ever Oh, were were you saying in in light of Prometheus that there would be a kind of confusing, (laughs) 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 badly thought out origin that that never really got to Santa Claus? Like like the the final scene would be of a a figure sort of standing in the shadows that kind of sort of looks like Santa Claus, but isn't. And like, well, I guess in the next movie though, we'll get around to that. Of so a man building a sleigh and then not being able to remember where he put his razor. Yes,
0: <laughs> but because Ridley Scott is so great at world building mm. and building these fant- and field-
1: fantasy worlds and, and it feeling yeah. lived in. Yes, yeah.
0: but, um, he, and he's never really done like a family film. I don't think nothing that springs to mind. Uh, Legend, but that's yeah. not really. I mean, not, mm. it's not really suitable for younger
1: children. I don't think. Uh, no, you can have me thinking. I can't think of one. I can't think of one offhand. Mm.
0: I would, I would have been interested to see something like that. Mm. Or we could have got David Cronenberg.
1: Yes, which well, actually, I, I still want, <clears throat> I still want to see the John Carpenter version of this the, the film. That would have been John, something. John Carpenter's Santa Claus. Yeah, and, the, and the, especially the score. We've had all sleigh bells in it and stuff. Minimalist <laughs> electro but with sleigh bells. I, mean, I think it would have, it
0: would have sounded like a normal John Carpenter score, but it would probably be an orchestral. Oh, okay. In fact, uh, mentioning David Cronenberg, him having done Peverly um, Hill's Cop. The Santa Claus, mm. it, I
1: can't stop thinking of as a very David Cronenberg Christmas. Yeah, about, that's because what it's, attracts me. It's a body horror movie. Yeah, it is. Uh, well, it, it, I remember being fascinated by that film as, as a kid, because it's also, it starts with them killing Santa Claus, yeah. like, accidentally. And then, so it's scenes of him sort of gradually turning into... Uh, Santa Claus and, and shaving and not being able to get rid and so just being steamrolled into this <laughs> role that he has to take because he put a coat on yeah yeah, it's like um, disturbing and they did three of those films I think. Yeah, yeah it's unbelievable anyway I'm glad to watched it
0: again it, have definitely, it definitely got me in the Christmas spirit as I yes. was wrapping presents and mm. putting up mistletoe and kissing everybody um, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Oh,
1: thank you very much. Indeed. And uh, thank you very much for my lovely jumper. <laughs> thank you. It was nothing. I, I saw it and I thought, that's a Jeremy.
0: <laughs> Thanks to Nick Drew for making time out of his busy Christmassy schedule to come over and record that podcast. If you have any questions or suggestions for Cinema Limbo, contact us on Twitter, at cinema limbo. Or if you have any messages for me personally, it's at j underscore j underscore phillips. With two L's. However, until next time, remember this. If you give extra kisses, you get bigger hugs. Goodbye, and Merry Christmas. You have been listening to Cinema Limbo, hosted and produced by Jeremy Phillips, edited by Martin Fenton, with music by Philip Alderman. Cinema Limbo is part of the Podnos Podcast Network, Come and visit us at www.podnos.com.
1: What happened next? I, I actually, what happened next after the parent trap? Which is already like a enough, dubious enough <laughs> presence. Pre- oh, go on. Pre- I, I, it's already enough. John, stop It's already a dubious enough present. <laughs> what are you doing? No, leave this it's in. Or- no, I don't need You've this been thing.
0: having too much eggnog.
1: Oh.